having all those kids up here this morning reminded me that uh, we have a prayer partner program where an adult is linked up with each kid in our congregation. And maybe that is a thing that you remember that, yes, I do have a child that I'm trying to remember to specifically pray for. Maybe that sparks in you a desire to pray for kids. And if you do, uh, because of our recent hiring of Steve Germany, there are five new kiddos that are in need of prayer partners. They weren't up here this morning, and I can give you their names so you can have them jumbled in your head as well. Gus, Garrick, Ruby, Holly, and Kate. Uh, So if you are interested in praying for... Uh, one of the kids, reach out to uh, the prayer team and or I think uh, I could help out with that as well. Email me, Steve, Pastor Steve at PrincetonCRC.org. As we continue this week, we're on this short little series on the back of a very long one. Uh, We went through the highlights of all of Scripture in 40-some weeks, and now we're going to kind of narrow in on down. What does it look like now to know the story of God and then now live it out in this time period where we recognize that Jesus has ascended into heaven and he's supposed to come back at some point? You know, last week we actually went back to the Old Testament and we looked at the prophet Jeremiah thinking about this time period as kind of like exile, like how The Israelites were in exile away from their home, hoping to one day go back to it and what God told them to do. And it was to invest in the city in which they were living in, to pray for it, to seek the good of the city. And now this week, we're going to move to the book of 1 John. It's one that was written to a bunch of different house uh, communities that were going through some some crisis. Some people were not recognizing Jesus as the Messiah. Some people were kind of stirring up some hostility within these churches, within and among them. It's not necessarily any new material, uh, but one of the things that is is in the book of John is, uh, well, actually, there's three things. One, it's like what to believe in. What are the right things to believe in? What, what are the right things in the ways that we're supposed to love like God has loved us? And and, and what does it mean to, to live that out? And so that's kind of why we're, we're going there. And, and one of the words that's used most often, actually it's used 46 times, is the word love in a five-chapter book. So let's go look at the book of 1 John. We're going to go chapter 2, and I think it should be on the screen as well. I get some help from Peyton. There you go. Thank you, Peyton. Starting at verse 15, it says this, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is, comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. You know, we don't have to get very far where we see this first word, 
love. That's one of the 46 times it's right there, but it doesn't seem to be used in a positive way here. Do not love. Hmm. When we consider love, we need to remember it's, it's more than a feeling, you know, like the Boston song says. I don't think that song's actually about love, though. But it's more than a feeling. Instead, it's a, a, a conscious choice. When we think about biblical love, we probably can think about the greatest commandment. And, and the greatest commandment would be to love the Lord your God with all your heart. So to love the Lord your God, not just a feeling, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, a love that is in, in, in encompassing our entire emotion, our entire will, our entire ability, maybe choosing to do that each and every day. And the second's like it. Love, do those things. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love's more than a feeling, more than just a, yeah, that makes me feel good about it. I have feelings for that person. No, it's this devotion. It's a, it's a choosing one thing above all the other things. It involves that heart and that soul and that mind, your entire being as you devote yourself and lift up that one thing over top of the rest of your life. Even the command that Jesus gave to his disciples is, is similar. This is one of the things that he said. But he said, a new command, I give you love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And there we see that, that once again, it's not just have feelings for people. Love the people that love you back. No, no, no. It's this conscious choice of devotion that you're going to lift up the others in the world. Just as God has loved us, so then we will lift up and devote ourselves and love one another. And, and, and if you're not familiar with the love that God has, in the last 40 weeks before, we talked about God's never stopping never giving up, always and forever, unbreaking. There was all these other words that talked about how God's love was not ending. That continued even amongst the, the difficulties and the times where people turned their back on God. God would never turn his back on his people. Instead, he continued to pursue them over and over and over. And so we love God when we think about the word love by elevating God above all other things. Choosing Him over and over again above all other things that we see and experience and then, then, then loving our neighbors next. Loving God and then underneath loving God we love the other people, the, the neighbors. So then we see this verse again. And verse 15, do not love the world. So that's, it's not don't have feelings, but don't lift high the, word and, the world and have this immense devotion to the world and to the, to the things that are in the world. Don't, 
don't love that above every other thing because we're supposed to love God and then the neighbors. But then you get to this other word there, do not love the, the world. Well, what does the world mean? We could do one thing. We could just, the world is bad. We could, we could start to demonize the world. Stay away from the world. Don't touch anything in the world. You know, we could, you know, any time in points in history, you'd have these people called uh, ascetics or people who followed asceticism, right? And they would withdraw themselves from the world. You got certain people that actually would go and live up on poles to stay away from other people and stay away from all the other things of the world, all the, the things that could tempt them and, and stay in their way of what they're supposed to do, which is focus on God and, and only God. You know, you can, you can start ignoring other things and, and renouncing mis- material possessions and, and physical pleasures. And, and I'm not just talking about bad physical pleasures. Even I wouldn't necessarily think the Lord would say there's any bad physical pleasures. But so maybe physical pleasures that are abused. Well, actually, you could say food is a physical pleasure, and that can be abused too, right? So you're not just pushing everything, everything away. I'm not going to have a car because that's a physical pleasure. I'm not going to have a bike. That's a thing of the world. I don't need a TV or a, a book. That's physical too, right? We can, uh, books, that's, uh, I said that, sorry, Hannah. Hannah loves libraries and books, right? That wasn't in my notes. I didn't plan that. Um, but, you know, there, you can think of anything, and if you think the world is bad, all the material and the things, well, then that would make you start thinking, well, all creation is bad, and that's not biblical. So that's, that's not here. The devotion to the world, that's not saying don't have a devotion to creation, because we believe that that God created things good. Scripture doesn't suggest that, that we're supposed to hate everything in creation. Instead, we recognize that God is the one that created it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. The earth is the Lord's. The earth is God's creation. So that's not the same thing as the world that he's talking about. And and even in Timothy, we go, for everything God created is good, and wait a minute, nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. So we're not supposed to demonize everything in creation because not everything in creation is to be demonized. Harvey is my neighbor. He lives in Princeton Estates. But he's a creation. He's of the world. Am I not supposed to love Harvey because he's of the world? You can see how this can get kind of confusing. So the world isn't being used as everything in creation. I'm supposed to love Harvey because Harvey's my neighbor. The world is, is being used as things that can take our attention away from God. It's kind of the way that the Apostle Paul would use the term 
flesh, the things of the flesh. He's not saying all of bodies and things like that, but it's the things that we desire that we can take on that sometimes we can start now elevating above and begin to to desire them and and love them and, and begin to start placing them up on that pedestal higher and higher until that love of whatever it is is taken over and replaced where our love of God and our love of people should be. It's a distinction. We're not saying the creation is bad, that everything is bad, but those things that we choose to slowly lift up and and begin to idolize and and worship in place of God and love more than God. It's those things that we are to not love. Do not love the world or the things of the world. And so 1 John, he he moves on. He tries to give you an an idea of what that is for everything in the world. And so these are these things that we, we... that have an ability for us to lift up into that place of love, that place of worship, that place of idolatry. It comes from the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Showing us what are those specific areas, what are those things that we're, we're creating idols in our life. Sometimes those good gifts, those good creations of God that he gives us can be, can be turned and twisted into one of those idols, those things that God gives us like we're thankful for the house that we live in. And, and, and we say that's a good creation that God has, has given us and, and we're thankful for it, but then what happens if it just gets twisted just a little bit and we start Loving the things that God has given us more than, than loving God himself. And we start focusing on, on it. Or focusing on the other things that, that are occupying now more and more of our time. And, and squeezing out the time that we're to love God and people. And instead we're, we're giving more of our love and our our, our desire and our time to the things, to maintaining the things, to adding more things, to making sure our, our things are, are nice and shiny and put in their place all the time while squeezing out the time of, of reading God's Word or or loving the people, or getting to know our neighbor's name, the squeezing those things out to focus on the possessions, focusing on those things that catch us out of the corner of our eye, focusing on that, that new item, somehow realizing, well, my home isn't as nice as the one next door. I need to do something more with my yard. That attention squeezes things out. That desire to accumulate rises up within us. That pride of life. Now we're, we're no longer just thankful for God, what God has given us. 
but now we're thankful for what we have amassed. Thankful for the work that we have done. Focusing on our part in the story rather than the gift that God has given. The lust of the flesh, the desire for more, the lust of the eyes, the the coveting of, of what others have, the desire of what we do not have, the jealousy, the competition, the pride of life, the looking at what we have done on our own and not involving God in these things. And we squeeze them out. And that's why they say that the love of these things, the love of the things in the world is, is not from the Father, that's, that's from the world. And if you have a love for the things, the next passage says, then the love of the Father is, is not in you. The love of the Father, okay. Here it is, the world, we focus in on the world, we're focusing in on stuff that passes away. How many of you bought stock in a bankrupt company? Matt, do you buy stock in companies that are going bankrupt? Anyone buy stock in companies that say they have a bad financial future? People are laughing. Uh, no one is on Wall Street bets buying GameStop right now. You see, that, that's the thing about the world here is it's like this bankrupt company. It's going to always desire more and more and more and more out of you and it's going to give you nothing in return. Your, your investment on all of the things amassed, is, 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 it just doesn't have the return that you're going to have. Mike, I should ask you the stock questions. You're kind of a finance guy. Did the CRC, did they invest in anything like that? No, he says no. Because you don't put your time and your energy and your love into things that are just going to bankrupt you, that, that, that are passing away. Because if, if, if we keep doing that, we're going to need to pour more into it. And, it, and it's going to take more. If, if, if you pour all of your, your time into the amassing of stuff, the, the more things you gain, the, the less you feel you will actually have because they, they lose their luster. They're not as shiny as they once were. You don't set up a house on a sinking ship. No reasonable person lays up treasures where Scripture says moths and rust will destroy. And so this world that we're among, we we know we're in this in-between time where there's this part where there is a time limit on this world. Doesn't mean we don't believe it will be renewed and restored. It, there's a time limit on this world, and, and so we know that amassing the things and, and loving the world and, and something that it's not going to give back is not something that we do. Instead, we do the will of the Father, which, which when we look at love, what is the will of the Father? The will of the Father is that we, 
love Him with our entire soul, mind, and being. And what? Not love the world, but love our neighbor. Love other people. Love the the people that God has brought into our lives, whether it's the people that are directly living in our neighborhood, the house down the street or way down the street if you live out in the country. It's not really way down the street for you guys either, though. Right? Uh, Or thinking about the the love that you can have for the people that you interact with on a daily basis. For the people who, who live in assisted care facilities or apartment complex buildings. It's the people that you see as you're walking through the hall or, or gathering downstairs for coffee. For the people who have normal day-to-day employment, your neighbors are the people that you call co-workers. Your, your neighbors are the people that you call boss. For the the kids in school, your, your neighbors are the people that you call friends. The, the people that are in your friend group, but also the people that are in other people's friend groups. People that you see that you're studying with in class. James, your, your neighbor is the person across from you at the table that you're saying, Hey, what do you think about these glasses? I think these would look good on you, right? Your your neighbor is all of those people that you interact with on a daily basis. We we love God and then we, we love our neighbor. We love the people that we see on Facebook that we only know them as a name even if we don't know if they're a Russian bot or not. Right? We we love the people that we know that we're never going to see, but we're going to respond to them in a comment. We, We love them the same way that we would love God, expressing the grace that we received from Him to them. We love them because... If we do the will of the Father, that's something that will be returned. There's a return on that, even if you can't see it. It's it's not wound up in this world where it's going to be destroyed. No, because it's people. Spreading the love that God has for us to them by loving our neighbors. And that's where we're going to go next. Next week, we're going to We're going to have a guest pastor talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, But the week after that, we're going to talk about what it looks like for several weeks in a row to love people. What does it look like for us to place God on this pedestal and to worship only Him and then worship and not worship, uh, worship only God, but then and love and be gracious and caring to our neighbor, to the people God has put in our path, that they too may join us, with us, on this journey of living for God and and loving our neighbors, that they too can join with us on 
on declaring that Jesus is the only one worthy of hope. He is the only one who is here to save. And he is the the pathway to, to showing us a way to have peace and restoration of relationships with one another. Let us go to God in prayer today that we would we would love him and do what he wills through loving others here in this world. Lord, we we love you greatly. And and we desire to to follow your way and 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 to do your will. And so we ask that your spirit would empower us. Empower us to care for people. Sometimes, Lord, caring for people and loving people is hard work. Hard work of of denying ourselves and and not saying hurtful words when when that's the first thing that, that perhaps comes to mind, but instead guide us and direct us and cause us to exude your grace in a tangible and loving way that all people would know that love comes from you and that your people here on earth are here to spread that love. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.